Hello and uh, welcome to Pig Ignorant Gamers number 19. No, 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 19. Do you remember that? Are you too young? No, 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 19. Do you remember that? No. No, 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 19. Do you remember that? Yes. He remembers that. Yes, I'm What's that? Old. That's no, 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 it was a, it was a music thing from the 90s, as I recall. May, may have even been late 80s. But it was, it was a big hit. There was a song called No, 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 19. Okay. Might not have even been called No, 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 19, but it did include... Was it, the... was it sung by a rabbit? What? <laughs> Were you just high through the entire 90s or something? <laughs> Are you getting it confused with the Cadbury's Caramel adverts? No. Take no, it, it easy. It was a different I remember kind of that. Rabbit. I remember that. Yeah? yeah? Was that your first furry crush? Probably. Sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, number 19 in uh, February. And I'm, I'm aiming to get it edited and out the door tonight. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. What, what are you saying, Dave? <laughs> are you saying that's unlikely? Yeah, I mean, it'll be next week. Um, anyway, yeah, so we've got lots to talk about this month, actually, because, uh, as soon as we finished last month, we were like, oh, there are no Kickstarters, then a shit ton of Kickstarters happened, many of which are over by now, which shows just how tardy we are with these. I'm sure it's like one every one and a half months at this moment. Um, but there's also news and stuff to discuss, and, and now that, um, Mark's finished making his game, uh, he I've can... actually played some games. Yeah, he's actually played some games. I say some, now that yeah. I think about it, it's like he's been one. Well, okay, that's better than, than none, isn't it? Yeah. There we go. So, uh, we'll start with the news. Well, it's not really the news. We're just going to bitch and carp about Molyneux, <laughs> um, about the whole goddess thing that just blew up. And to be honest, if it weren't, if it wasn't, hadn't been Molyneux, this wouldn't have been even slightly, you know, the, the story that it was. It's just the fact that he has got that history of crying He's game. Got yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and, uh, and so everyone kind of jumped on top of him, especially like John Walker on RPS gave this really quite sort of savage interview, uh, where he. It was uh, an ambush. It wasn't an interview. Yeah. What was it? What was it? Like his local Are you bus a pathological liar was the first yeah. question in it, wasn't That's it? It's not, it's not, yeah, it does rather set the tone for the, the interview. <laughs> yeah. A question like that. Um, but then some people have come to his defence, like uh, your man. Um, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer. There we go. Thank you. I couldn't remember that earlier either. Um, <laughs> who who said that, you know, shit happens. And it's true, because had they only made 400 grand or whatever on their Kickstarter, the Double Fine one, then we would have seen the exact same situation, I suspect. Um, and it may have actually sort of kiboshed all Kickstarters going forward um, for video games. But it didn't. So loads and loads of people have had money taken for them for nothing. Well, the difference, thanks to that. The difference is, though, that Goddess is pulling in millions and millions of dollars. And yeah. they've just they've taken everyone off the team and mm. put everyone on some new game that Molyneux, uh, you know, fantasizing about. Yeah. Yeah, he is sending mixed messages, isn't he? Mm. One interview he's saying, oh, it's making millions and millions of dollars. Mm. And then the next interview he's saying, oh, it's it's going bankrupt and we've got to take everyone off the team. So. Mm. All right. Well. Mental. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, it does seem a bit weird that, you know, the, the one of the programmers is just one of the backers of it who, um, I, you know, who. Yeah, no, he's, isn't he like in charge of it now, though? Something like that. It's crazy. And wasn't there like a, a small interview with him, Molyneux, and some other dude? Yeah. I didn't actually watch this, but I heard, I've heard the stories about it like through other people. 
And they're saying that, like, at one point, because, uh, like, fans said it was just really awkward. And at one point, they said, like, oh, you really like Goddess, don't you? And he went, eh, well. I mean, you can't see that on the podcast, but I did a yeah. weird, like, eh, I don't know, smirky <laughs> face. Yeah. He did the, 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 the linguistic equivalent. I did the exact same thing again, didn't I? Like, <laughs> popping a finger in your collar and sort of going, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it does seem to be a bit of a clusterfuck, but everyone has just been, I think it's, it's been such a long time but, coming. But did we expect anything different? I mean, no. I remember when the Kickstart was on and Molyneux was making all these promises. And I, I, my first reaction was, oh, Molyneux, he's not going to deliver. Yeah, and somehow yeah. he gets a lot of money from people. It's just because he his Peter Molyneux, so he gets all his press coverage. But that, but it's I think that's done now. I think I think he's kind of finished from that perspective. And until you say he, that, until, but right now, if he puts out a solid game, then fine, all will be forgiven. But if I, I don't he, think he can, he just needs someone else to do the PR. He doesn't need to go in front of the camera and start spouting off all these promises. Mm. Get someone else. Well, that to go gets in front them the press camera. though. I know he d- he says mental yeah, but, stuff, but it's going to but... be bad press from now onwards, isn't it? But the press knows. Yeah, this but bad press is still press. They try and eke some some promise out of him, don't they? In mm. fully knowing full well, that... I don't think it takes a lot of eking to get something out of exactly. Him. That's why he shouldn't be put in those situations. Yeah. The thing is, like when he's saying all that shit, you think that he is like he believes what he's saying, but he's come out with all the goddess stuff. That when at the end of the Kickstarter, he just promised loads of shit that he had no intention of delivering. Hmm. It was just like, yeah, I just said Pro- anything to get over the need that, that kind of dream of that person who's going to try and push the team, even if you don't, you know, that shoot for the stars kind of person. Not really. I think a team does, but you don't then put him in front of the camera telling everybody well, what, no, what Molyneux, the project's going to be. I, whenever I hear Molyneux like talking about stuff or see anything he's written or whatever, it's just it makes me think of those people on TigSource that come along and go, "I've got this idea for this MMO." I need 15 yeah. coders yeah. and 20 I, artists. I would hate to be working under him because I get the feeling he's like a hit and run producer who'll come in just one day and say, make it all about chocolate. People, <laughs> yeah. like, people like chocolate. Because I yes. have worked with, I genuinely did work with a guy who was like that, who was like, so we found out that women like chocolate, so we're going to make games about chocolate. And it was like, we found out that women sake. like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> did he actually say that? Or was that like a, just a, a did he have a re- revelation? <laughs> I mean, I have paraphrased it, but basically there was this, this meeting, I remember, where he was like, we're going to make games about chocolate because women like chocolate. <laughs> Genuinely true. This guy, um, um, I, you, you couldn't hate him because he was just so balmy. Um, but yeah, I, I shan't name names, but he looked like Jarvis Cocker, so people might know. Uh, it wasn't Jarvis Cocker, I should point out. <laughs> Jarvis Cocker does not have a second life as a producer. Um, although he's every bit as qualified as some that I've met. <laughs> He said, shooting himself in the foot. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so goddess, that was a, that was a lovely big clusterfuck that everyone yeah. got to enjoy. Um, uh, I did feel, it did feel like bullying towards the end, frankly. To I, me. It was the fact that people acted so surprised that got me. It was like, mm. we knew it was going to happen from the start. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I mean curiosity with its life changing prize. Yeah. And everyone was, oh, I can't wait to see what it is. And it, wasn't a life-changing prize. It wasn't even a prize in the end. It well, it isn't now. He's yeah. took it off him, hasn't he? But effectively. It well, he's like... taken it off him. He said... Yeah, he's not going to be god of goddess for life now. He's going to be god of goddess for six months. If they ever implement the multiplayer <laughs> stuff. So the entire reason for and, curiosity... And they've actually changed it. He's got a six-month reign, but 
people can gang up if they get to um, a certain point in the game. They can gang up and defeat him before the six months is up. Right. Which, knowing the internet, could but, happen in a couple of hours. Right. So, so basically, <laughs> and so, and and it's only during that time that he gets like a cut of the profits, isn't it? Yes. That is such bullshit. That is. But the multiplayer may never even get implemented. Yeah. So. Wow, that is quite mm. the bait and switch. Um, it's like that. I remember there was that Mask Two competition that that some that there was a competition in one of the like Sega magazines or something that on Nintendo, I think it was, that you could be uh, have a, a part in Mask Two. Back when this was when Mask had just come out, and obviously I'm talking about Jim Carrey. I'm yeah. not talking about the one with the guy Eric Stoltz with the share. <laughs> she finds out <laughs> because the end of that film doesn't really leave it open for sequels. <laughs> Um, too young to wait, what, that film. what are you talking about? Mask 2? No. <laughs> right, okay. Are you aware of the film called Mask with, with Cher? And she she has a son who's got disfigured and he oh, no. dies at the end. No. Okay, well, that's the point is, it was the Jim Carrey thing. Right. But, but it never came to fruition, so they got a bunch of other crap instead. Um, right, anyway. Um, anything else happened this month? Interesting. Um, the... Samurai Gun extra content. Okay, well, yeah, we'll talk about that because we've just been we've just spent about three hours playing the extra content. <laughs> um, it's just a bunch more levels and a couple of modes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and a Mac version as well. Oh, so. give a shit, <laughs> Mac version. Bad controller support as well. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah, the fact that we booted up and it was like, oh, you've got some Xbox controllers. Did it, did it always rumble? Did the pads rumble? Because it rumbled then. Whenever you died, it rumbled. Oh, did it? I never yeah. noticed, to be honest. Yeah. Well, well, I don't have, know if it ever did. I it. must have rumble blindness because I didn't notice it. No? Well, that's the that's the ideal thing. You don't notice it. You just it's just like a it's immersive. subconscious thing. Yeah. Yeah. You were too immersed in the game to notice. Yeah. Um, I was too busy being killed. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah I'm surprised you didn't notice it, Dave, because it only happens when you die. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone is going to notice that, it's you. Because you as well as shit, blood! Um, <laughs> although we were fairly even on scores, actually. Um, yeah, it was no, really I'm good. Shit I thought, I thought the new maps, loads of really fun new maps. Yeah. So a couple of, a couple of new weird little, um, mechanics in there, like that blue flame level. Um. That was madness. Yeah. That was quite fun. We probably should explain what yeah, that is. But... So, so there's, there's this fire in the middle of the level, and whenever you die, a, a small flame goes from it to where your corpse was, and then that fire remains there until either you die by falling into it, um, or you can you can hit them, and then they will go out very briefly, and you can walk past them. But um, uh, as a result, the entire bottom of this level was littered with fires that we kept on dying by landing in. Um, it was good. It was good fun. Uh, all, all, all the new levels. I don't think there are any duffers in there. At all. Um, and it's got a couple of new game modes, hasn't it? Yes. What, what did you explain those, Dave? Uh, well, there was Master of the House. Yeah. Which does a random, you play a random arena from each of the areas. Mm. And whoever has won the most is declared Master of the House. And I believe that was me, wasn't it? I believe that was, that was me. Just sure. Uh, About one game we played, yeah. Well, it was four games, effectively. But it was one Master of the House. Yeah, I so I am undisputed Master of the House. Yeah, but you live here, so... Yeah, so <laughs> both both literally and non-literally. <laughs> <Figuratively>. <laughs> There's the word. Um, 
Yeah, so, so I thought that, that that was good. The other one is just the showdown, which is just like a Show, load of showdown. Shogun showdown. Yeah. Which, which I, I won that one. Oh, well, well done you. So we've all won one round each. We're all effectively yeah. as good as each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though in the last one you did go quite far ahead. Um, uh, and then, yeah, and then just a bunch more levels. So, yeah, it was it's really nice new content. It was, it was good to play yeah, it But again. to be honest, Samurai Gun's good enough that... You just want more of the same, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't need radical reinvention yeah. at all. In fact, th- that would have ruined it had they done that. Um, but the, it, it does make me, uh, made me look forward to the Towerfall, uh, extra content, even though that won't be free like this content was. I think you do have to pay for it, don't you? This. Is it? I don't know. I think it is a paid expansion. I think it is, yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because he is a money grabbing bastard. <laughs> I think it's quite well, a large expansion Blythe. though, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's quite meaty. It's got, well, it's effectively like a whole other game's worth of content. Yeah. And uh, hopefully he'll add more single player stuff as well, because I thought the single player in Towerfall was excellent. Surprisingly excellent. <laughs> what was the single player in Towerfall like? I don't think I've ever actually played it. Have you not? No. It's like a bubble bobble-esque platformer in that it has enemies that come in and you have to defeat it, like, it just uh, spawns uh, enemies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they, they have like interesting behaviours. Um, and you have to, you know, uh, obviously kill like six rounds of them, waves of them. Fucking hell. I'm just choking to death. Yeah, you can do that on your own time. <laughs> um, yeah, you have like defeat six rounds of them and then the last one is kind of a big sort of slightly more bossy round in terms of the toughness of the enemies. But it's great, yeah, because cause it's a load of stuff that you don't see in the multiplayer content at all. Cool. Yeah, no, well, well worth it. Um, yeah, but that's not, that's, we, we thought that was out for today, but we were very wrong about that. Um, that's any idea when it is long. coming out? No. 2015. Yeah, early oh, 2015. Right. Whatever that means. Soon. Soon. Um, although not soon enough because Dying Light is out physical copies next Friday. So that's me done for the next couple of weeks. And then Bloodborne will be out shortly after that. So. Ooh, yeah. Uh, we'll get to do a Bloodborne review. Hooray! Right? Yay! Um, which you're looking forward to massively, aren't you, Dave? Bloodborne. I'm going to give it a go. Oh, yeah. A good go, yeah. Okay. I need to get a PS4 this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, you're going to have all that money coming in from your... Bloodborne, your I think, will be out before my game, so... Yes, it is. When is your your game's due out when? Uh, Are you allowed to say? <laughs> yes. Okay. When, when's it out? Come on, tell us. <laughs> uh, well, that's, I guess April-ish. April-ish. Exclusive! <laughs> April. Shh, don't tell anyone, guys. Uh, it's all right. No one listens to this. Um... <laughs> You can probably say April-ish, because that could be March and that could be May, April-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know when Hotline Miami 2's out? Didn't uh, that thing say March 10th? Really? That Hotline thing, you rang up and it was like, uh, well, something like March on 10th or something like that, I can't remember. Oh, okay. Oh. But it was like a weird, weird, like, encoded message. I something. assumed it was like a foreign number, so I didn't bother. It was an American number. But they got, I think they got something like 22,000 voicemails left on it. Really? Yeah. Holy it's shit. Mental. Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, okay, March 10th. That's I think... Good. Well, I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. Right, but that gives me two weeks of Dying Light. Boom. Then I get that. And then I get to play that for a couple of weeks. Then Bloodborne. That's a pretty sweet deal, I would say. So that's good. And it also means it'll be out in time for us to do a review in the next one. Because yeah. so, I imagine we'll all play it. I, I, Even if it isn't March 10th, it should be pretty soon, I'd say. Because it's been done for whoa. so long. Whoa! <laughs> I thought it was March 10th. Well, that's what I'm guessing. I mean, I don't Just... know for sure. Oh my but god. The, yeah, that, there was that answering machine message, and it's gotta be out soon anyway. I mean, it's gone through QA, 
uh, Sony certification on that stuff. So. Right. Cool. Well, I'm going to get the PC Because, I mean, anyway. you, you, that's something we could talk about, actually. The, the Hotline Miami Australian ban thing. You have seen uh, that, Oh, right? yeah, where, where he basically said pirate it, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't imagine Devolver were massively happy about. No, Devolver would just be, yeah, sure. It makes sense. You if you can't play it, and no one can buy it there, so what's... Yeah, but you, you can, you can to... buy it. You can buy it like uh, in the in the grey market, like with you know game to you know like you know how those those keys are always uh, keys for games on Steam uh, are sourced from the grey market. And it's often like Russian copies and stuff like that. Mm. Surely you could do the same. I mean, you, I mean, saying you can't get this game in your country is an utterly ineffectual thing because you could just go somewhere and just PayPal to you know the people. You could just send them. Well, even easier, you can just pirate everything. Oh. <sighs> Well, yeah, but we don't support pirating, obviously. Yeah, but you could... I mean, if you wanted to give them money, you can do that. But Yeah. I mean, if my game was banned somewhere, I would just be the same. Just like... It's too much of a hassle to well, get around all that shit to do it. But, well, you haven't got anything offensive in your game. Maybe it's time to put some offensive stuff in your game and put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> Actually, some, like one of the guys from Devolver like, uh, started talking to me on Skype the day after, and it was just like, Normal conversation, and then he went, "Oh, by the way, don't please don't put a rape scene in Titan Souls, <laughs> or was it please don't put an insinuated rape scene or something like that?" Which made me laugh because mm. then I had to remove it. <laughs> well, yeah, but you did, you didn't, wasn't it? Your your artist pointed out that one of the, one of the bosses was a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was being insane. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> it was not at all. If anything, the Yeti one is a little bit weird because you have to shoot it in the bum. <gasps> Spoilers. You, oh my! You played it. No, but that was the one. That was the one boss I didn't get to. No, you would have. Oh what? no, I couldn't find it. You couldn't. Fi- you didn't play for long enough then. Yeah, no, but I didn't. Key. I thought I unlocked all things because I got to the final bosses and stuff when we were testing it. Oh yeah, you can. You have to do all the bosses. Yeah, I somehow managed to talk about dinosaurs again. Well, because you are. I'm, just, I'm so good at marketing. Yeah, that I'll, turn, I'll steer well, any conversation. I was say, if you were good at marketing, you'll be doing it to more than two hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, right, so, um, okay, so yeah, Titan Soul, uh, not Titan <laughs> Hotline Miami 2, banned in Australia, that's, that's the thing that happened. Uh, yeah. um, also, as soon as we finished loads of shit ton of Kickstarters, um, we should probably mention the Kickstarters before we get into the reviews, cause, sure. cause there were some that have already finished, um, and I've put them on my computer, so I'm gonna turn on the telly. Make lots of noise. I can't move, I'm getting so old. Can't move without making all sorts of weird noises. Alrighty. Okay, so there's some that are still going, but of the ones that are finished, let's have a look. So there was Moon Man, uh, which, uh, which was the Terraria alike that, um, just about squeaked over the line and then sort of made a fair bit more. Um, which is, uh, I- I'm really looking forward to. I- I- that's one of the ones that I've, uh, backed because it looks, looks interesting. And also what's quite weird is the demo he put out of it, wasn't procedurally generated because he got some, you know, some people to do let's plays and stuff like that. But he actually sort of hand built a terraria level, which obviously is quite a large undertaking. Did he hand build it, or did he just have a specific seed that was built into no, it? No, I think he actually designed it. That's interesting. But um, but I I think and it shows, and it just shows that doing that makes some more interesting things. I think because it did look quite sort of interesting, and enemies were in interesting locations, and there was there was much more of a sense of story and place about it 
So you're saying uh, the full game won't be as good? Well, I I don't know. I mean, if he if he manage, I'll be surprised if he manages to to sort of get that sort of granularity of detail in the full thing. If he does, then fantastic. However, um, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it's weird that you would you would for a something that's all about procedural generation, then just you know design an actual level. That's quite you'd you'd think you'd build it from the ground up, not to be able to do that. To an extent, unless of course you're going with that spelunky procedural generation where it is, you know, pre prefabricated areas that have little bits of difference to them. Um, Shadowrun got an expansion pack that made a shit ton of money. I mean, we're not talking exploding kittens money, but they asked for a hundred grand and they got one point two million, which is nice. I was surprised by that because I, I I assumed that that people would have played the game and moved on, but it's nice that it shows that there's still an appetite for them because so this is like an, an ongoing thing that they can do, which is, which is you know, it's it's nice to see a sort of a success story like that because everyone seems, a lot of people seem to be one-trick ponies um, when it comes to these these Kickstarters, if they ever release their bloody game. And it, it shows all. that they delivered a good product as well. Yeah. That, that people come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of it's about the writing. I hear the writing and it's really good. Um, cause I had I been mean, looking at the gameplay, it was a little bit unpolished. There wasn't a lot in the way of sort of, you know how, uh, do you remember there was that, that talk about juiciness in games and stuff about yeah. making things just feel good? It doesn't seem to have that particularly. Um, it just has, you know, just a, a sort of a lot of detail and uh, in the writing and stuff. Um, Strafe only just made its money cause that like three days before that didn't look like it was going to do it to me. And then they put out a playable demo. Um, and Strafe being the, the 90s throwback with added gore, sort of Quake-like game. Um, but we looked at a video of it, and I'm not actually... Didn't really do anything for me. Mm. I mean, the gameplay, you know, actually playing it might might be great, but it just... It, to me, it seems a bit charmless looking at the gameplay videos. Mm. Just very grey-looking. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it just doesn't, you know, doesn't pop. Yeah. There's nothing that stands out about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Children of Mortar, which is this top-down action RPG game, um, or it describes it as a story-driven hack-and-slash-roguelike game, um, which has this really weird art style where it's got quite low-color pixel art, and then this really high color sort of pixel art backgrounds. They just look sort of dirty. Yeah, it looked like it was it was a normal mapping on it, didn't it? For the lighting. Do you think it had oh, that on it? Yeah, it looked a bit that way, yeah. I, I just thought it looked like like they hadn't they'd just gone in there and used as many colours as they liked without sort of sticking to that sort of pixel art aesthetic. And some some and some of the, the lighting effects look are sort of horrible in it. There was um I d I don't know. I think it's one of these things that because cause the, the aesthetic is quite unique in that I, it's sort of ugly but unique. I mean, and that's maybe what got people on board because it was like, ooh, I haven't seen this before. And so everyone sort of crowded around it and it made its money. I mean, only 108, you know, grand, not, not a ridiculous amount by any means. But, um, I don't know. It, it looks to me like a shit version of Hyperlight Drifter in terms of gameplay. Um, to be honest, um, so and again, it's another one of these ones that has all these uh, these ex- these uh, extensions where they say, "Oh, an extra five grand, Wii U, we'll make it, we'll make it for Wii U." Yeah, th- with that, like 
the Xbox One they didn't make that. So if if Microsoft come up to them and say we want it on Xbox One and they're going to go, oh no, we didn't make that stretch goal, so we're not going to do it. Yeah, and that, exactly. <laughs> it just shows the ridiculousness of some of these stretch goals. Well, like you, uh, dev kits cost a lot of money. Yeah, mm. I would imagine. Yeah, the dev kit for a Wii U is probably probably north of five grand. I imagine. Mm. Because I know that when the PS2 ones came out, they were like 20 grand each or something. Um, it was a crazy amount of money. Because when I was at Z2, we were one of the first people to have one in the country. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about that one. It's, um, I don't know, there's something about it that looks, everything was very handcrafted, but not in a good way. Like, like, like if someone animated you doing a jump from one place to another, it shows a lack of understanding of game physics to me. That sort of thing. The thing is, I, I like the animation in it. I mean, it looks it looks like it's taken a lot of effort to do what they've done. Like a lot of the smoke stuff is really nicely animated, and uh, I don't know. I'd never put that amount of effort into it because it just seems to be. It's like so many frames. But, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but for me, I think you should work smart, not hard. Um, you know, a good particle effect is going to be like that, but it's going to look different every time as well. Yeah, but that's why it's unique, because normally you would just do a particle effect, but they've, like, animated things like that. Yeah, and, and but it'll look the same every time. It'll be that same little canned effect. And that just seems, eh, for me. Um, Star Mazer, that hybrid point-and-click and, click and um, uh, horizontal scrolling shoot-em-up, that looked very um, pretty, I thought. Um no idea what it'll play like, because it's bullet hell, and I don't like bullet hell particularly. And also, it's got quite a cramped little screen. It looks like it's almost been designed um, at a resolution so that they can put it onto the 3DS or something like that. Um, but I do like the idea of a, a sort of a hybrid point-and-click and something else. Because I remember there was, um, I think WayForward did one once. It was something like called Sigma something, I think. And it was a, it was also it was a sort of a platform action game and... A, uh, a horizontal shooter as well, but I think it wasn't that good because because WayForward aren't actually that brilliant. I don't I don't quite understand all the love that they get because their games quite often don't live, live up to it. They look astounding, but they play incredibly average. Um, yeah, but um, but I mean, it's I mean, as far as pixel art and aesthetics go, it's it's a hell of a hell of a good looking game. I mean, really, really lovely, almost sort of. Paul Robertson sort of levels of polish on the animation and things. Um, there's a really t- thing. Oh, Project Scissors, Nightcry, which has made its money. It, I, I don't understand how something that looks so terrible. Okay, now, I don't want this to come across as racist. Oh, God. <laughs> but I suspect, well, it's kind of, it's kind of inverted racism in that I reckon had a Western team pitched a game that looked this bad people would have been like not interested but because it's like a japanese team people are like well they they must know what they're doing somehow it just it just feels to me i can't imagine like if if i'd seen you know a bunch of americans or english people make a game look someone just it just went up some other idiot just backed it as we were looking at it <laughs> um had made a game that looked this bad and it i mean you look at the gameplay videos and it's fucking appalling I don't understand where this 300 grand has come from. And the only thing that makes sense is that they think they're getting Project Siren. Or... Well, I'm hoping the 300 grand goes on a new animator. Yeah, well, someone who can make a model that isn't some really, you know, top-heavy lady and 
um, high heels. Just the most ridiculous player character that doesn't think for the moment, I'll take my fucking heels off. First thing. First dead body, nick their fucking shoes for a start. I don't really need shoes. Just really rounded. Well, they might be broken glass. Did you not watch Die Hard? I mean, jeez. I mean, I think Sensible might slip on some blood if it wasn't, didn't have shoes on. But either way, high heels are the worst choice. And also, keeping this ridiculous dress on that constrains your movement so that you run like you're chewing so a toffee you with your ass. So basically you just the main character to take all her clothes off. No, no. <laughs> no, but I just think it's a really bad character design that why couldn't it be someone in more sensible clothing that it it just annoys me because it totally, it's totally that, that woman in peril thing. And it's just, oh, it just looks awful. And I, to- I, I genuinely believe that if a Western team had been the people making it, people would have been, would have thought, they would have realised, no, this is, this is going to be terrible. But I think there's this kind of, this weird, um, thing whereby people assume Japanese dev teams know what they're doing. Because, you know, a lot of them put out amazing stuff. But also, they put out shit that looks like this, which is fucking awful. Um, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't, I think it looks terrible. Um, so, so there's that. And, uh, but the one that's still going, um, as of now, um, possibly not by the time this comes out, is, uh, Underworld Ascension, um, which is, uh, well, a sequel to Underworld, basically. If you know, if you, well, if you never played the, uh, uh, what were they originally called? Ultima. Ultima Underworld, yeah. So there was two games that came out in about 93, uh, or so. Cause there's Ultima Underworld and Ultima Underworld, the Stygian Abyss, I think it was. Um, and they were both first person dungeon crawls. But rather than being tile-based at that time, it was like a proper 3D engine and it had lots of, you know, it had like physics when you threw a skull, it would bounce off walls and stuff like that. And it had all kinds of shit that you just hadn't seen in these games before. Um, and I remember getting them and being blown away by them originally. And then the, uh, as I recall it, Larian wanted to make, was it Larian? Yeah, I think, no, no, it was um, the people who made Dishonored, that company. Um they made Arcs Fatalist and originally it started out as an Underworld sequel, but I don't think they got the rights. And so they just called it, you know, Arcs Fatalist. And it's, and again, it's brilliant. It's a, it's a first person sort of RPG, but with magic and all sorts in this really cool underworld, under, underground world. And so Underworld Ascendant is another one of those. And even though it looks a bit shonky at the moment, I backed it because I, I just love another dungeon crawl. I fucking adore them more than any other genre. Um, as long as it's as long as it's first person, I can't be asked with your top down ones. Um, I don't know, weird snobbery there, but <laughs> um, but that that looks uh, interesting. And they're after six hundred grand. They've got five hundred fourteen and eleven days to go, so they're probably going to make it. I imagine it'll end up somewhere near seven hundred, something like that. Um, and they've got you know interesting people involved. What Warren Spector, although he's you know had a dodgy track record of late with his Mickey games. Um, and, and all of the, uh, loads of people from the original Looking Glass who made Thief, which is obviously one of the best games ever. Um, so I think that looks, um, really, really interesting. And it's, uh, they're really, they're going, doing loads of updates on their Kickstarter, which is great. So that's, that's one for me to, to, to look forward to. And I think it's probably worth backing, but I don't know. How much is it? Let's see. Um, I think it's 20, oh, there you are. Tw- all gone, $20. 25. Yeah, 25 bucks to get the game, which I think is worth it. Although it does do that annoying thing where it has backer exclusive items. And they say they're not going to, you know, break the game or anything like that. But that always annoys me, the idea that, 
oh, you're the only one that could get this particular item. And even if it's some kind of useless thing, I just hate that gating of content that we see. Kind of like with Dying Light, with the whole Farago with that, where there was stuff that was obviously finished. Because apparently, I think um, their first bit of DLC came out, and uh, it's like a big mission, and it was like a one meg download. So it's obviously on the disc, um, which is just, or just vexes me, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but that, that looks really good. So, so Kickstarter's been dead interesting. And there's a load of shit on there as well, obviously, but can't be asked looking at it. Um, it's, I, I, I was kind of worried that Kickstarter was a little bit dead with regards to game projects, but then suddenly a shit ton of interesting projects just dropped onto it in uh, January. So maybe that's it. It just goes quiet over Christmas. Hmm. You seen anything else around of interest in the way of stuff and things? On Kickstarter. Well, any anywhere. No. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Nothing else interesting has happened in the world of games. Uh, should we do some reviews? Yes. Because you've played some games. You've played a game, and I've played a game, and and I've actually had proper thoughts about this game. Oh, I haven't had proper thoughts about mine. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> I think, you know, most of us should phone it in if we can. But, um, I, yeah, I have genuinely done some thinking about my game, and, um, I think this review is going to be my most competent one yet. So. Bold. Pretty, bold. pretty exciting. Talk. Pretty exciting. Uh, do you want to start with one of yours? I, I can, yes. You've got multiple ones. Yes. Mm. What is your first review? Dave. Apothean. Okay. I presume that's how it's pronounced. Oh, that's how I pronounce it. That yeah. is no indicator of it being the correct pronunciation, but, you know, we'll both be wrong together. Uh, yeah, this is a, so this is a side on hack and slash, I think we'd call it. Right. Wherein it's uh, similar to platform controls. Um, when you say similar to platform controls, what do you mean? It's, it's side on, you jump, run. So platform controls? Yeah. But it's, not, not similar to. It's not really a platform <laughs> game, though. It's more a hack and slash game. So the the main point is the fighting. Right. So in the same way of, as as Dark Souls is, it's got platforming in there, but primarily it's hack and slash. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, so basically, you have the twin stick controls in. Ones for movement. Ones for aiming your weapons. Even melee are aimed as well. Right. Uh, and then like your triggers do either your shield or your um your weapon. Right. And uh, there's, a, there's a good array of weapons in it. Um, there's a, a lot of melee and a lot of ranged, which do varying things. Oh, so, and, and is that something that you're constantly upgrading, or you just you find them around? You is it like an RPG? tons of them all over the place. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, you, you're constantly finding weapons. And I, I, kept, pre- <laughs> I kept pressing the, the wrong button to throw your weapon. So you can even throw your melee weapon. And I kept throwing my melee weapon. Um and I, I never ran out of melee weapons even doing that. So, I mean, is it is it kind of like the same sword you'll find multiples of? Or is it like, oh, a slightly yeah, greater you do, sword you of do plus find, one? No, you do find a lot of multiples. Um, but then, um, like, the arrows and things have their own, um, like, hit points. Mm. So, like, if you fire them a few times, then they'll wear out and obviously yeah. break. Um, but in, it has a this weird aesthetic where it's it's like the side of a Greek vase. Yeah. And that is the whole setting is also like ancient Greece. So mm. um, the idea is the gods have abandoned um, Earth 
then you as uh, a lone hero have to go and challenge Zeus and um, work out a way of making everything nice again for Earth. Okay. Um, which which I quite like, but I I, I like Greek mythology anyway, so um, I I had kind of a soft spot for it. Didn't you but, study it or something? Yeah, I did classical studies. Well, which, it was all Greek mythology. And, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> But um, the, I found the, the the controls themselves though on a, a very it has that very floaty physics. Yeah. So like everything in the game's like physics objects. So all the scenery and stuff are all physics objects, and like you break all all the objects and things. But then it has that really floaty physics that that games like, seem like to, Little Big Planet has. Yeah, the games seem to love which. Well, that's feels the, a little weird. Their last game was they um was captive. It's Alien Trap Games that made this, and that was again all physicsy and stuff as well. Right, but, but it was it was enjoyable, and there was a, a lot of stuff in there. And there was a lot of exploring and and going around, and then little intricacies. Uh, like I I haven't actually completed the game, and there's there's things that that side bits that I can see aren't part of the main thing, mm. but would be nice to go off and and. And do so. Is it effectively like a Metroidvania? In, 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 you can totally explore. Kind it of, yeah. There's a there's a lot of areas to explore as well. For because I was expecting it to be quite a, a short game. Yeah. Um, but I I also had the added problem of it keeps crashing for me on PS4. On PS4, yeah, which was very disappointing. That's not good. Very especially. But it, but it was free. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, it was free, so I can't complain that much. Um, but yeah, and you lose your progress. You know, because it has auto save when you go into an area, but mm. like you lose all your progress in that area. Um, that seems odd. Which, yeah, was quite frustrating because it, it. I wouldn't mind if it only happened once, but it happened a few times. So. Mm. But all in all, quite enjoyable. How many out of ten? Because Eurogamer have stopped marking out of ten, so I think we're going to have to pick up the pace, basically. <laughs> and so we're we're starting to definitely review out of ten. Uh, at the moment, I'd say six. Ooh, that's such, so. You now you, you're going with the proper, the proper marking out of ten there. I notice where the idea that five or six is kind of average, yeah, as opposed well, to because could normally six. Oh, that shit. That no, it, it's quite enjoyable, but then yeah, it's technical issues and and the floaty physics kind of let it down. Yeah. What wasn't that? Um, funny enough, it was speaking of like because you reminded me of two uh, D Dark Soulsy things. There was that game that's. Was it called Salt? Salt and Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary. That is a disgraceful, um, like, uh, Dark Souls rip-off, isn't it? That's 2D. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looks... looks isn't it made good. by the guy who made... Dishwasher. Something dishwasher, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Undead dishwasher or something like that. Yeah, can't remember what it's called, but... but yeah, that looks really nice. Yeah, I should probably find a link to that. I've pretty much avoided it. all information about that. So Have like, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So best, best not discuss it, then. I watched a lengthy uh, walkthrough of some stuff of it. Yeah. It does look very good. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it's it's all a bit one palette color, mm. but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Reviews six, but a good six. Yeah, yeah. A good. Oh, okay, right. What about you? What have you played? I played heavy bullets. Yeah, so it looks a bit of footage of this. It looks uh, quite cool. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so it's like a, a randomly or procedurally generated FPS game, mm. and uh, you have a revolver that you have to reload when you shoot a bullet out of it. Yeah. When you shoot your bullet, it will they're large and heavy, of course. Yeah. And you have to go and pick them up again. So you pick it up and then you can reload it. And uh it's just it's it's probably the best FPS game I've played in a very long time. 
Um, there's no recoil or anything. It's just like when you shoot, it hits where you're pointing. So you can go like infinite distance and get it right. So it's like Doom bullets, basically. Yeah, I guess. Um, and uh, it's just really fun and really hard. There's eight levels. The fourth one, eighth one, have bosses on, and like it introduces more enemies as you go through the game. So on like the first couple of floors, I'll give you a few enemy types that are there. There's the standard enemy is like this weird black cat thing mm. that as soon as it sees you, it runs at you. And then, so they're relatively easy to control. But if if one sees you and you don't know where it is, you just hear the noise and like, oh shit, where is it? And you're like, turn around, and look around, and turn back, and it might be in your face, and it'll attack you. And I've never shit myself so much playing a game before. <laughs> there's that. I don't want to play this. And the other thing that is, uh, there's another one that's an amazing enemy, which is just it's like a little purple snake thing on the floor, yeah. and it's always it's always spawned in purple bushes. Yeah. So you you have to you have to be on the lookout for them. But then you'll be walking along and you just hear it, and it'll just it'll attack you and like you'll just, I'll just shit myself so many times after running <laughs> over them and they can poison you as well and it's yeah it's really fun I've played it for I think it was like eight hours or something straight. So do you only have a revolver in it or other weapons? No, it's just a revolver. But you can buy more bullets, right? And you can buy upgrades to stats like a reload plus, where if you say you got normal reload, which is where you reload one bullet at a time. You can mm. reload plus one is you re- reload two bullets at a time, stuff like that. So in a panicky moment where you like shoot all your bullets out and then you go, oh shit, I've got to reload, press R and it'll reload two at once or the three at once, depending on what level you're at. Right. And uh, you has like a banking system and stuff, so you pick up money as you go and you can deposit it and withdraw it on different runs, which is really useful. Yeah. And it's just a really, really well-designed game. When I was playing through it, I was just thinking like, there's not, I don't think there's anything I would change really. Mm. It's really good. What out of ten? I don't know, nine. Ooh. Just because you can't say ten. <laughs> uh, for what it is, though, yeah. it, it's a ten, really. Yeah, it's it, a... it goes. Oh, hey, ten it, out of ten. It sets, it sets out to do like a specific thing, and it does it absolutely amazingly. It's yeah. really good. It's, it's seven quid on Steam, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. Definitely so, worth picking up. Good prize. I might, I might, I might grab it myself after yeah. this and have a quick look. It's You have to do mouse control, though. I don't think it has yeah. like, controller stuff in it, but if you try to use a controller, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't normally... Well, if I'm on PC, I'll always go... It's, it's very anyway. Twitch-based aiming, I think. Like, you got to... Yeah, they have, like, these turrets and stuff in it as well, which are really deadly. And you have to sort of peek out behind a corner, shoot the weak spot on a turret mm. to blow it up in one shot. Yeah, that's another thing. Everything dies in one hit as well. Right. As long as you shoot it at the right point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds dead good, that. Yeah, it's really good. I uh, played a puzzle game um, because cause Dying Light... I've been, I pre-ordered it and obviously they delayed the fucking physical release copies for ages. And, but then they said, oh, but we'll give you some extra free stuff as a sorry. So whereas I would have cancelled my pre-order and just bought the bloody digital version, they've made me wait now so I can get all the free stuff. And it's, oh, I want it so bad. Everyone's saying good things about it. They're saying, if you like Die Dead Island, it's the best thing ever. So that's, that's quite annoying, but soon. So, in the meantime, I've been playing um, a puzzle game, uh, a logic puzzle game on the uh, on the iPhone called uh, Alcazar, which is um, dead, dead simple. It's uh, basically you've got a grid, like a checkerboard-looking grid, um, and uh, you just have to draw a line through it from a start point to an end point and go through every square, which is one of those things that oh, set, you've seen like a hundred versions of that before. But what's nice about it is that... Um, it's, I, I don't know, it just, it just seems that I, I've, I've really enjoyed the deductive logic of it. Cause they'll, they'll draw in some sort of like, some divisions between some of the lines. So you know that it can't cross over that point. And also, um, 
they have multiple exits and multiple entrances or on each level so you know you, you you have to figure out which of those is actually the one that it's going to come in on and which one it's going to go out on um but it's it's all about just it's as with any kind of logic game like pick pick or um with um picross it's all about just that that gradual sort of logical deduction um but what it does really well is that one of the one of the things you have to do in the game is you have to make guesses and see where those guesses take you and see if they actually sort of fuck up um and what it really nicely does is it, it allows you to basically at, at any point all the lines you draw you can press this button and it basically goes right lock those in those are now they're locked in don't worry uh, you can't accidentally delete those and so then you can try something out and if it doesn't work, you just press one button, it erases all of those tries and just goes back to your sort of your save state effectively. Um, and it just really works wonderfully well as, and it's just very intuitive controls. Like, um, obviously you just, it's very, very good at detecting what you meant to do. So if you just draw like a diagonal line through three blocks, it'll figure out you actually mean to, you know, go around a corner on those blocks. And likewise, you can, if you scrub, if you scrub a line in both directions, then it creates like a division between two blocks. Um, cause that's what it's all about. It's all about, cause, cause, um, cause in any, in any cell, a line can enter it and a line can exit it. And once you've got, so if you've got, if two lines are passing through a cell, then you can safely say that nothing else can pass by going through the other side. So you sort of, you, you block those off and that allows you to deduce where other lines have to go. And it's just really, really elegant design. And there's a load of nice little choices they made in there, like the fact that you can lock in your decisions, but also if you replay if you choose to replay a level that you've played before, um, it shows you the solution, but it shows you it in using this sort of pattern so that if you don't look at it too hard, you won't actually be effectively giving yourself a spoiler if you want to replay that level. You have to kind of, cause, cause it's all patternated. You have to look at it and go, oh, okay, that's what the solution is. So it, it's quite nice that it, it, you don't accidentally spoil it for yourself if you want to replay a level. The, the real flaws with it though are the fact that you, you, it's very difficult to figure out the first few things. There's there's sort of little tricks that you learn in order to to fill in the patterns, but it doesn't teach you those in the game. It teaches you the very basics in that you have to go through every cell and you have to go in uh through go in go in a hole and go out of a hole and that's it. But but there are certain there are certain things that you only pick up if you look at the website where he's got all these other examples and he goes, oh here's a little handy trick uh, for playing the game. Because if you notice this, then this is true. Like, for instance, if the board has got an even number of squares on it, then you know that the colour that you go in on is going to be the opposite to the colour that you go out on, on this checkerboard. So if you went in on a grey, then you would go out on a white or whatever. Um, but if it has an odd number, then it's always the same colour that you go in and out on. Because, of course, you have to go through an even number or an odd number of blocks. Um, and it doesn't. it's only by going on his website and looking at the blog, he goes, oh, why is this true? And sort of pointed out, um, which is kind of stupid, really, because it should definitely have that built into the tips. Because the tips are literally just, oh, go in, go out, done. But I've really, really enjoyed it. It has a puzzle every day as well. And it comes with about, um, I think, probably about 300-odd puzzles. Um, the one thing is the difficulty curves all over the fucking shop. You'll find sometimes you get stuck on puzzle number 6 out of 30. But if you try 7, it's like, well, this is a piece of piss. Um so it's uh yeah it's great really good and and every puzzle has a unique solution which I like there's no it's no sort of guesswork well you do have to guess but you sort of you guess to prove yourself wrong normally because if you do a guess and you prove yourself right then generally you've completed the level so it's uh yeah dead interesting um and if you like if you like Picross 
or um, or any of those or any of the Hanji type games, then oh, it's brilliant. It's I think it's uh, three quid as well to unlock everything. But that I've been I've been playing a ton of that and that's great. So I'm going to give that eight out of ten because the one thing they could do that I think would improve it is that the first line you put in should be a different colour so that if you are doing like a, a sequence of guesses you can tell what the first move was so you can go oh well that is definitely not true um, so that when you're sort of going back and uh, testing things but yeah great game really good little puzzle and called Alcazar uh, yeah. uh, now Dave you've played another game I have yes what's the other game you have played at Darkest Dungeon is it called Right, yeah, so this is the sort of Cthulhan sort of board game almost? It's, um, yeah, do you know what? It's actually more like a management sim when you okay. when you boil it down to it. So it's, um, you have a, a roster of adventurers mm. who have gone to a, an old family house that's been abandoned mm. and has been taken over by these foul beasts. Um, and uh, you have to send in so many um, at a time into different areas and the surrounds and things like that to to rescue heirlooms and and to complete certain quests it is yeah um but the the actual going into the the dungeons per se um is is all very samey yeah. uh, basically you start at the left and you walk to the right and you just encounter things in turn and uh, to to fight monsters it's it's that very uh, JRPG, you have your men on one side, their men on the other side, mm. and you take it in turns at choosing what each person does yeah. to each other. Um, but I don't think that's, that isn't really the main, the main game. The main game then comes in between each dungeon run. Mm. So you'll choose your four men to go in, and they'll, they'll do a dungeon run, then they'll come out. And you'll have to then either upgrade them or they also have um, psychological effects that happen during the, the game, mm. uh, during the dungeon runs. Uh, and you'll have to either send them for stress relief and things like that. Uh, and inv- uh, you advance your roster uh, and then you choose the different people to go in the next time or you can choose the same people. So it's more about managing your roster and your team so it's like an XCOM sort of overworld thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and and that to me seems like the more more of the what the game is supposed to be about than the actual dungeon runs. I mm. mean, the dungeon runs are fun enough, but they're they're very samey, and it is literally the, the you don't make many choices on direction to go. Like there's the, the occasional fork, mm. but it's basically you start on the left and you just walk to the right. Yeah, I mean, even even when you turn around and you start going back, you still. Walking from the left to the right, um, but I I found it it quite interesting um, in the with the psychological effects, which I thought the game was mainly going to be about, mm. but it's, it it doesn't seem to be that much about. Um, but they have a, an effect on your 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 characters and how they interact with each other. So like um, if one takes a, a turn for the worst, he'll then stop. Uh, fighting during combat, they'll become too afraid, and they'll they'll actually move back mm. in your in your party. So if they were at the front and they become afraid, they'll they'll start moving back down the party and refusing to fight and things like that. Or one will become like overzealous and will run to the front and and start attacking and things like that. Which that that was quite interesting. Um, 
But in, the one thing that does annoy me in the game is the narration. Oh? Which the guy, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but the, yeah. the guy for, who narrates the trailer does the narration in the game. And it's it's that Bastion thing where he narrates everything. But then once you've done something five mm. times, yeah, especially as the dungeons are quite samey, that it becomes really annoying that he keeps just saying the same things over and over again. So, um, when you, if you've got this this meta game between this sort of uh, this this uh, this um, this sort of upgrading your soldiers kind of thing, does that mean that you can get further and further each time? Does it make that easier? Or yeah, I mean, and well, the the little quests that you can do. Um, change each time. Once you complete one, then it unlocks lots of others, and you can do them in any order you want. So you're constantly you you can bring in new new people into your roster mm. um, constantly. Uh, there's a caravan that comes in, and it has a selection of people, and you can bring them into your roster. So you'll get situations where you have quite high level characters and low level characters in your roster, mm. but you have a selection of um, quests you can take them on. So you can send in your low-level people to start building them up as well. Hmm. Um, and you can also send them for training and things like that and just pay for them to have extra skills and things like that. Um, it reminds me, I don't know, a game ages ago called Dungeons of Fate, which had that. It, that was a dungeon crawler, but the main game was when you went back to the town and you advanced your, hmm. your party. Uh, it, has, it has a very good feel of that in it. Aesthetically, it is beautiful as well, this game. It look, it? It, yeah, it looks brilliant. It, it does look look really nice, mm. and even the the little camera effects as well. When it attacks, it it kind of uh, does a sweeping motion. Even though it's two D, it kind of the camera sweeps round to the side to show a bit of perspective, yeah, and things like that, and a bit of tilt on it, which uh, I, I quite liked. Uh, it is only early access, I will say that, and there, there are some some buggy aspects of it. But like, not as not as many bugs as the in theory, it completed Apotheon. It didn't outright crash for me, but yeah. the uh, the uh, cutscenes don't work for me. Okay, oh, they weird. they just don't work at all. So sucks. Hopefully they'll 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 figure that out before proper release. Does it need mouse controls? Is it something you think is going to come to console? Or? I, I well, I I just used mouse controls, but the when it does the explanation, it it, it explains it as key controls. Right. So uh, I think it'd adapt well to, to oh, controller. Okay. That's good. I mean, in the in the dungeons, you are literally just walking to the right, and then when you're fighting, you just choose which attacks. Yeah, but isn't there like a top-down map as well that you sort of actually can choose branches and things? Yeah, like that's that, can't that's you? the only choices you really get in your direction to go. Um, but then it, you you choose which room you're going to, but then the the effects are all the same. Yeah. You just walk from left to right. Yeah. Through the same scenery. Okay, because I assume that the people died eventually. But... Oh, the, the your people do die, and it's permadeath. Right. So, but you can, can you sort of evacuate from a dungeon? Yeah, you, you you can you can fail your dungeon by just retreating immediately. Right. Uh, okay. Which I did a couple of times, but I mm, you you because they get demoralised and stuff like that, then mm. you you just pain out to right to okay. set, send them for stress relief. Oh. Stress relief, you say? Yeah, and you can have stress relief like that as well. Yes. Good lord. Down at the local brothel. Disgusting. Shocking. Um, cool. What are you going to give it? Uh, I think it's too early to rate it. <sighs> I'm going to allow it this once because it's early access. But you pull that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I did. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. Right, but that's because you went in with low expectations. Though. Yeah, because I thought I thought it was all about the psychologically and going just going through a dungeon. I didn't realize it was all the in between bits with, with yeah. the very important bit. Okay, cool. Okay, has anyone played anything else? No, that's it for me. Be done. Just think, yeah. Sure. Next next month, though, when I'm dying light, that'll be good. And, and Hotline Miami two for definite because you've guaranteed. Well, Hello. I, 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 don't make me guarantee anything. I don't know. You have some sway with them. You better <laughs> hey get guys, me. can you uh, launch it a little bit earlier than you were going to? Yeah, because, uh, I think it's an unreasonable request. So we can feature it on the we'll, we'll probably have uh, GDC talk as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. What well, you going this year? Yeah, I'm going. What well, you going to think the show? Huh? <laughs> I'm going to show anything. Oh, for the parties. Oh, I don't get to go to GDC. I've got a couple of people from our office who are going to GDC. Obviously, going to go there and show one of our bloody games, but not me, not Muggins here. Never me. It's not fair. Are they PR people though? Are they just no design staff? Maybe you should uh, push a bit harder to get that. Eh, not that asked, really. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. Guess we're done. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.